Welcome to the Hope Revolution messages. You'll be able to find our sermon podcast at hoperevolution.church forward slash sermon, as well as all other podcast players. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm going to give you guys a pen and a piece of paper. And what I want you to do, just think for a moment and it doesn't need to be long, but what is something that hinders you from accepting God's word? What argument do you make to make you think that it's not it's not for you when you hear it? Or what stops you from even hearing what God has to say? So it's just for you. You don't need to write a big essay. But just write something. Have a think about it. When it comes to something that God is saying, what stops you from accepting it? What stops you from putting it into practice from hearing it. We are today continuing with Acts and we're going to finish off chapter 13. So Grant, who was here a fortnight ago, started chapter 13 of Acts and we are going to finish it. And there's just one thing that I just want to point out to people just as something that will be helpful in future when it comes to the overall story of Acts and what happens. And that is, so this is just really brief information about a guy called John Mark. So John Mark, in at the beginning of Acts 13, Paul and, and Barnabas are set aside by the church to go on a mission trip. And they take this guy called John Mark with them. So the three of them head off and they go to a number of different places. And then halfway through chapter 13 and verse 13, at the end of chapter 13, verse 13, it says, Then John Mark left them and returned to Jerusalem, but Paul and Barnabas travelled inland. And so I just want to point out that there's this guy called John Mark that was with Paul and Barnabas for a number of different stops on their missionary journey. And then he left and went back to Jerusalem, his home, and Barnabas and Paul continued on. Now, that's of no relevance to what we're going to be talking about today, but it's a major relevance in a couple of chapters' time because Paul and Barnabas have this major disagreement about John Mark. Just giving you a spoiler alert. And knowing that it's at this point that John Mark leaves and Paul and Barnabas continue on is good to have in your mind for whoever does. If we, I, we might not even get there, but <laughs> I just realised. But if, as we go if, like further on in Acts, to know that that happens. But Paul and Barnabas, this is considered Paul's first missionary journey. You'll hear, if you ever read anything about Paul, they talk about multiples of Paul's missionary journeys. And what that pretty much means is Paul and Barnabas go around to different cities and different places and different towns 
and share God with people. And in Acts, thanks to Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, we get an indication of what those situations were like. So today we're going to look at one scenario and what happened in one place that Paul and Barnabas visited. And then next week we're going to look at another place that Paul and Barnabas visited and see what happened in those places. So this is Acts 13. And I'm just going to read from halfway through 14. On the Sabbath, they, being Paul and Barnabas, went to the synagogue for the service. After the usual reading from the book of Moses and the prophets, those in charge of the service sent them this message. Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, come and give it. So I'm just going to pause there for a minute. And what it's good to know is that any good Jew on the Sabbath would go to synagogue. And so just like we're here on a Sunday, the Jews on the Sabbath would be in the synagogue. And when it says they read from the book of Moses, that's what they do and that's what they do today. They have set readings on set days and they would read what is necessary and they would read through pretty much the whole Old Testament If you went yesterday to a synagogue, whatever synagogue you went to would be reading the same scripture all around the world because that is what they did. And so that is where Paul and Barnabas goes. So in the synagogue are two types of people, Jews and those that have converted to Judaism. And so this gets read, Paul and Barnabas are visiting but you get a sense that they must be known of some, they, might, they must know them from somewhere to come up and say, hey, do you guys have anything to say? And so Paul, who is pretty much the spokesperson of the Paul and Barnabas duo, starts all the way back in Egypt and talks through the next number of verses about the Jewish story. So he starts from what the people in the synagogue would already have heard, would already know, would be part of who they are. And from there, he does something that we've seen Peter do earlier in Acts, which is move from the story of the Old Testament, the story of the Jewish people, and continue to see how Jesus fits into that. And so Paul gives this encouragement to the people about their history, about things that they know, and then brings Jesus in to add to their knowledge and their understanding. And then I'm going to jump down to 42. Verse 42 of 13 says this. As Paul and Barnabas left the synagogue that day, the people begged them to speak about these things again the next week. Many Jews and devoted converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas and the two men urged them to continue to rely on the grace of God. So in this synagogue, what Paul has outlined speaks to the people there. So much so that they say, please come back next week and tell us more. We want to know what this is all about. How fantastic is that? 
how brilliant is it that Paul and Barnabas didn't come like steaming in and saying, oh, let me come and show you what I know. But when they were actually offered to speak, they used that opportunity to start where the people were at and to reveal Jesus to them. 1 Peter 3, 15 to 16 tells us, Set apart in your heart, Christ is Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer for those who ask for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And that's exactly what Paul and Barnabas did. They were asked, what encouragement do you have? And in that moment, they had the opportunity to share, starting where people were at, pointing them to their new understanding of Jesus. And they did it in such a respectful and gentle way that the people were like, we want to know more. We want to know more. What a great example of what evangelism should look like. Us being where God wants us to be. Living the life he's given us. And then when we are asked... Starting where people are at, bringing them on that journey. And how amazing when we have the opportunity and people are so interested in what's being said that they invite us back the next time to speak more. And so that's what happens with Paul and Barnabas. So the following week, they go back to the synagogue. And so this is from verse 44. The following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the Lord. So there's lots of conversations that have happened this week that we've gone from the Jews that are always in a synagogue and the converted Jews who are always in a synagogue at the same time, at the same place every week, to nearly the entire city have heard and want to know more. But, this is verse 45, but when some of the Jews saw the crowds, they were jealous. So they slandered Paul and argued against whatever he said. So what a turnaround within a week. That one week... The Jews and the conversion, the people converted to Judaism is like, we so want to know more. Come back and share with us. We need to know more. And then, because of jealousy, nothing to do with what Paul has said, it actually stops them from hearing and accepting the word of God. And not just stops them from hearing and accepting the word of God, but makes them actively say slanderous things against what is being said. This is how the Jews felt. The first Sabbath they're at the synagogue, they're hearing this news and thinking, this is all about me. I want to know more. 
Then they come the next time and without even hearing anything more but just the fact that the entire town has shown up and it's not just about them, their jealousy kicks in. And they actually have changed what they think about what God is saying And not just thought change what they think about what God is saying, but so don't want anybody else to know about it that they start making life really hard for Paul and everything he says. So I wonder what you wrote on your piece of paper. What stops you from accepting, from hearing the word of God? And I said, ever been jealousy? Because that's an interesting one. To think that jealousy, because it's for everybody and not just me, it makes them not want the gift that they were being told about. I don't want you to read out what you wrote down. So I just wrote down myself some reasons that can stop us from accepting the word of God or even cause us to argue away, which is what the Jewish people were doing, what God is actually saying. Sometimes what stops us from accepting the word of God is I just don't have time to deal with it. So nice idea. If I had the time, I'd accept it, but I don't have the time, so just going to move on. It can be that sometimes we think, oh, that's what God is saying to others but not to me. Or I so hope that so-and-so is listening. And we actually don't accept the word of God for ourselves because we're so focused on the other person that really needs to hear what's being said. It may be a really good idea But it just doesn't work for me at the moment. So maybe next year I'll think about implementing what God says in that area. I know that it's God who is saying this, but I don't have the time, I don't have the money, and I really just can't do it. If others did it, then I would do it too. But nobody else seems to care that this is what God says, so I'm just going to ride the wave and not pay attention to it. Other times we don't even hear what the word of God is because we're so distracted by thinking about what we're doing tomorrow, what happened yesterday. All of us can be like the Jews in this story. That something outside the word itself actually stops us from accepting it. And makes us even want to argue away 
what it is that we know that God has said. Because the first week in the synagogue, the Jews were listening. They were hungry to know more. And then the very next opportunity, because of circumstances that had nothing to do with the word that was being spoken, they decided that not only did they not want to hear anymore, but they wanted to stop others from hearing it too. What a dangerous situation we can get ourselves into if we do the same. Where we know what God is saying, so it's not a question of what does God say, but it's a question of will we take it on board? Or will we make an excuse that makes sense in our minds and justify why last week we're all for it, but this week not so much. James tells us that if we hear the word of God and do not put it into practice, that we're like a person who looks at the mirror, sees that it's a mess and just walks away and doesn't pay any attention to what they see. Jesus tells us that if we want to be his disciples, which we all do, that a disciple who's someone who hears the word of God and does what it says. When I was at uni, I had to do a uni placement and I was doing a Bachelor of Arts in Youth Work, so all about case management and working with young people and all that kind of stuff. And so I decided I wanted to go to a Christian organisation. So I went to an organisation called Youth Dimension um, and did a placement there and I knew them from various different things And they did a course that you can do. They do a two-year course at the time. And when I was doing my placement there, everybody that worked there and everybody I met were like, oh, Tan, when you finish, you need to come back and do our course. And I said to them, no. I have read the Bible and the verse where Jesus says, when much has been given, much will be expected. And I already know too much that I'm not doing. So I don't want to learn any more. And this was pretty much the position I, like, this was my mindset. that I don't want to know anything more about what God is saying because I already know too much and I'm not living completely how God wants me to and so it's better just not to learn anything more because then I'm not accountable for anything else. Now that changed and I ended up doing the course and working for them and I still, like, am involved with what they do because I think it's a fantastic organisation. But we can sometimes feel like that, God, it's too much. I don't want to read the word. I don't even want to listen to sermons anymore because I don't want to know anymore because I'm already not doing what I know I should be doing. So why would I want to know more that I'm not doing? But that's where the Holy Spirit comes into play. And Jesus makes it really clear that the Holy Spirit has come to be our teacher and to be our counsellor. And what I have found in my life is that God brings things up at the perfect time when I actually have the capacity to move and work in it. 
and there's things that I hear and things that I know and I'm not the perfect Christian who does everything that the Word of God says. But if we could, if we could do everything that God tells us to do perfectly, Jesus would never have to have come because we would be living a life that's purely and utterly in line with God. And I think we know when God is speaking to us. And it's just sometimes that we don't want to know. So we make up a reason why that's not for today. There's Jewish people in the first week of the Sabbath that Paul was speaking, knew that God was speaking to them and wanted to know more. But their jealousy and their desire for it to be just about them stopped them from hearing what God wanted to say and the freedom that God wanted to bring. And so let's not get into the same situation ourselves. Let's not be people that when we hear what God is saying, that we make up excuses and we ignore what the king of the universe is actually wanting to say to us. Paul from verse 46 of this goes on and talks about how if you Jews don't want to hear, this is the Tanya version of what it says. If you guys don't want to hear, then I will tell the Gentiles. And the Gentiles that were there at the synagogue, because the entire town wasn't just Jewish people. So there's Gentiles that are at the synagogue because they want to hear what Paul and Barnabas are talking about. In verse 48, when they heard this, they were very glad and thanked the Lord for his messenger. And all who chose, who was chosen for eternal life became believers. So the Lord's message spread throughout the region. This is verse 50. Then the Jews stirred up the influencing religious women and the leaders of the city and they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. So Paul and Barnabas shook the dust of their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the next town. And the believers were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. So we have people who one Sunday are loving what they're hearing, the next Sunday are not, and by the end of it are chasing Paul and Barnabas away, angry and frustrated by what Paul and Barnabas are saying. And then you have those who actually heard and accepted the word of God filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. I think it's an easy choice as to which people we'd rather be. The ones who are angry and annoyed and frustrated and just want it to stop or the ones that are filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. And so hearing what God has to say is the first thing. And then not ignoring what God has to say is what brings joy and freedom. Instead of pretending that it's not God that's speaking, trying to dismiss it and move on brings frustration and anger. And you miss out on what God wants to actually do. And because it's God who brings a change, not us. We just have to accept 
what God is saying and what he's doing. As an aside, you could think this was an unsuccessful time for Paul and Barnabas. They're being chased. They've got a mob, which is like more than just a few people, chasing them out of town. But they saw it as a victory because God's work was spoken and people actually believed, even if there were people that were opposed to them. And so Paul and Barnabas actually left this town praising God because of what he had done, not looking at what the others did that tried to go against the things of God because their perspective was on what God was doing and not what people were doing. And they saw that God actually brought a whole lot of people throughout this region to know him and to know who Jesus was. And so they gladly moved on to the next town, even though they left under a mob chasing them. So it wasn't their own doing. So whatever it is that came to mind for you that stops you sometimes from hearing and accepting what God is saying, if necessary, can I encourage you to do something about it? whether that's just confessing it and asking God to change that situation, whether it's just bringing it to the light and saying, boy, I do do that and I need to make sure that I do something different when that thought, when that action, when that thing comes to mind. Because the best way to live is to be people who are not just hearers of the word but doers of it. Because that's where freedom is found That's where the yoke is actually easy and not burdensome for us. And it's when we try and do it ourselves or we ignore what God's saying, that's when it gets hard and tough. That's when it doesn't produce any fruit and feels like it's just a never-ending hopeless situation. Because what God says, that is what matters not what we think, and not what we think is the best way of going about it. So let me pray. God, I really want to thank you that you're a God who does speak, that your word is clear, God. And I pray for each one of us, Lord, that when we know that it is you that is speaking, that we will be people that leave with joy and the Holy Spirit, knowing that we have heard from you, knowing that we have not ignored you, God, and we can live in the freedom that you bring, God. And I pray, Lord, for the times where we do let other things creep in. We do justify why we don't follow you when we are like the Jewish people and think, boy, I may have liked this idea yesterday, but today it seems like an awful idea that you by your Holy Spirit will bring your grace and your mercy and your love and help us, God, to be living out your word in all that we say and all that we do. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or feedback, please email us at hello at hoperevolution.church.